welcome. For me, as of late, there's been more of a focus or intensity to address unpleasant emotions, feelings, and also to intensify the practice with thought as well. So when a thought arises, to almost address it, especially those thoughts that are not from my true nature, thoughts of the ego. And also to address feelings that may arise from the thoughts or feelings that just may arise on their own. For me personally there, my understanding is of feelings are a reflection of thought that takes place in the body. It's according to what I listen to from, from Eckhart's teachings. Of course, feelings can be spontaneous as well. So when a unpleasant thought arises, a thought that provokes perhaps an unhealthy or a difficult emotion, or if the thought itself is there and recognized, then this can be addressed directly. As Muji has said often, you can ask who is thinking this thought. You can, you know, challenge the thought, bring the thought out into the open instead of the, the decades of conditioning where the thought is believed in, it is opened up and analysed and then emotions are felt and more thoughts come, more analysis, more emotions. You are putting a stop to it immediately. There is is a recognition and awareness of oh, this thought doesn't seem in alignment of my true nature. Some thoughts may be difficult to diagnose whether they're thoughts from the ego or thoughts from your true self. I find the majority of thoughts, you, they can be recognised of whether they are true from a place of truth or from a place of fear, often.
So for example, there may be a thought that suddenly arises if, let's say, you're communicating with somebody and there's a long period of time that goes by before a response is received. And the thought may arise that perhaps they don't care about me. And that can immediately generate, you know, by logging into that thought, by going into the thought, then feelings can arise, a feeling of, I'm not good enough. There can be some pain there. Or a thought can be addressed before that takes place, before a reaction is there. You can immediately catch the thought, oh, who, who is speaking this thought? quite often well you know whatever terminology you would like to use the ego is speaking or the, the little me is speaking the separate self is speaking just by simply shining the spotlight of awareness on that and perhaps asking can this person be located? Can the speaker of this thought, the thinker of this thought, be located? And then you step into awareness and you go through this practice until you realise that there really is no thinker of the thoughts. There is really is no identity. And then the thought loses all power over you. It may still be there in the background, but there's almost an a dissolving of the of the power of that thought that wants to draw you in it wants you to it's almost wants to provoke you provoke a reaction to to continually strengthen the identity of of who you think you are the mental construction of me me my life me and my position me or my value the value that says they should have gotten back to me sooner. That I'm important. So I've been going through this, it's almost developed along with listening to teachings as well of intensifying the awareness where where my attention is going with the thoughts and you I'm immediately cutting it at the root 
it comes to unpleasant feelings, difficult feelings, often there's an intensity about the feeling. You are almost succumb, surrounded by the by the the sensation of that feeling, usually an unpleasant sensation. It could be, you know, a pressure, it could be, you know, just the actual physical pain in the body. So you immediately step into awareness, the awareness of this feeling, the awareness of the sensation of the feeling in the body. So instead of being in the eye of the storm, you are slowly bringing the light of awareness to this. It may not all be easy in some emotions or simple. It may take some time for for the neutrality of the present moment, this the space that you are to for the space to be felt where you can sense a gap between the sense of who you are and the emotion that is there. And then the feeling, the sensation can be observed in the body. You're no longer in the eye of the storm, you're no longer in the personal story that is the result of the feeling. So for example, going back to the thought of this person does not care about me, if a feeling generates from that a feeling of pain, for me in the past it's been a pressure or pain in my chest. And by stepping into the light of awareness or bringing or uncovering the awareness that's already there, you've immediately st stopped the power of the emotion. The emotion may still be going, it may still be extremely intense. But as Muji has put it, you've almost cut the the power, the electricity to the thought. And he uses the example of a ceiling fan that's spinning. And now you, you, you've, you've, by using the light of awareness, you've turned off the fan. You've cut the juice of the fan. Now it still may be spinning. The pain may still be there, but it's no longer being powered. It's not going to persist in the light of awareness, it can't continue. And gradually you may see it recede and dissolve. But only when you are fully open to the emotion, you're not resisting it. By resisting, you are trying to push it away, perhaps with thought or by distraction by taking action
aware that the feeling can't hurt you. It's you can observe the sensation. And of course the mind may pull up a fight as as it wants you to log in, as Muji puts it, to the thought and to the feeling. It wants you to, to analyse and to perpetuate Is it possible to simply observe, observe the pull of the feeling? Observe where it arises in the body. Observe perhaps the itch, itch of thought that wants to come in and label and analyse and continue a narrative and a position Perhaps it's trying to resolve something. It's often the thoughts try and act as your friend in this way, you know, saying you, you need to think about this, you need to resolve this and fix this. But often there's nothing that needs to be fixed. Often it's part of the, the illusion of identity. that wants problems, that wants your attention in this way. So the feeling of pain is there in the chest. It's, you can sense the, the heat of the pain, the fire. But it can no longer sustain itself. as you hold it in awareness and without effort as well you're not there isn't a willpower this is to suggest willpower means perhaps there's resistance there you're fully opening up to the feeling where there's no distance between the awareness and feeling. It's simply there. And it's not personal anymore. It's just simply human, a human emotion, human pain, observed in your own true nature, which is the spaciousness that the feeling has arisen. And in this way you've almost broken the spell of the, of the ego and the identity that wants to keep you in this cycle of thoughts and feelings and construct mental formations and to, something to add to the structure that's already there of your history. But in the awareness, everything is clean. It's, there's no residue, there's no 
heaviness there. There's no carrying or adding to the weight of the identity. Add on this extra narrative of what happened today in this relationship with this person. There is a complete letting go and allowing Perhaps you'll notice that this is already taking place in your practice. That there's a even a very subtle gap or spaciousness or acknowledgement that a feeling or thought has arisen and you're not so quick to to enter into the thought or feeling and lose yourself in there. It may happen but but there may be, before it does there may be an acknowledgement that ah there's a there's an unpleasant feeling arising in my awareness even if you you catch it for a few seconds before it takes over you then that can be acknowledged as well and perhaps as this practice continues there may be more of a delay before it, it takes over you so this is the practice I've been on especially in the past week or so This is not something that it's a, is a goal or aspiration. It's not something I'm striving to do. There's no thought or objective to ensure that all of my thoughts are seen or purified. In some ways there isn't a doing of this, there isn't a practice. As you go deeper into the present moment, more established and stable in the present moment, then the subtlety of thought, the movement of thought, of a mental formation the sensation or substance of a feeling when it arises it becomes clearer in its own way just as a still lake if you drop a pebble in a still lake it's immediately seen you are alerted to it but if the lake is already in choppy waters perhaps there isn't so much of a 
an establishment in a present moment, then it can slip in very quickly and away you go on the thoughts and So I just wanted to share that experience of where I'm at in my own I used the word practice or journey as is but we all know that it's just the the beingness of now So we continue reading from the book by Eckhart Tolle called A New Earth. And we are on the passage titled Pre-Established Roles. Of course, different people fulfill different functions in this world. It cannot be otherwise. As far as intellectual or physical abilities are concerned, knowledge, skills, talents and energy levels, human beings differ widely. What really matters is not what function you fulfill in this world, but whether you identify with your function to such an extent that it takes you over and becomes a role that you play. When you play roles, you are unconscious. When you catch yourself playing a role, that recognition creates a space between you and the role. It is the beginning or freedom from the role. When you are completely identified with a role, you confuse a pattern of behaviour with who you are and you take yourself very seriously. You also automatically assign roles to others that correspond to yours. For example, when you visit doctors who are totally identified with their role, to them you will not be a human being, but a patient or a case history. Although the social structures in the contemporary world are less rigid than in ancient cultures, there are still many pre-established functions or roles that people readily identify with and which thus become part of the ego. This causes human interactions to become inauthentic, dehumanised, alienating. Those pre-established roles may give you a somewhat comforting sense of identity, but ultimately you lose yourself in them. The functions people have in hierarchical organisations such as the military, the church, 
a government institution or large corporation easily lend themselves to become role identities. Authentic human interactions become impossible when you lose yourself in a role. Some pre-established roles we could call social archetypes. To mention, to mention just a few, the middle class housewife, not as prevalent as it used to be, but still widespread. The tough macho male, the female seductress, the non-conformist artist or performer, a person of culture, a role quite common in Europe, who displays a knowledge of literature, fine art and music in the same way as others might display an expensive dress or car. And then there is the universal role of adult. When you play that role, you take yourself and life very seriously. Spontaneity, light-heartedness and joy are not part of that role. The hippie movement that originated on the west coast of the United States in the 1960s and then spread throughout the western world came out of many young people's rejection of social archetypes, of roles, of pre-established patterns of behaviour, as well as egoically based social and economic structures. They refused to play the roles their parents and society wanted to impose on them. Significantly, it coincided with the horrors of the Vietnam War, in which more than 57,000 young Americans and 3 million Vietnamese died, and through which the insanity of the system and the underlying mindset was exposed for all to see. Whereas in the 1950s, most Americans were still extremely conformist in thought and behaviour. In the 1960s, millions of people began to withdraw their identification with a collective conceptual identity because the insanity of the collective was so obvious. The hippie movement represented a loosening of the hypherto rigid egoic structures in the psyche of humanity. The movement itself degenerated and came to an end, but it left behind an opening and not just those, and not just in those who were part of the movement. This made it possible for ancient Eastern wisdom and spirituality to move west and play an essential part in the awakening of global consciousness. I thank you for joining me for this episode. I wish you well 
in this ever-present moment and I'll speak to you again very soon. Take care.